are back with another episode of Unscripted with Antra and Garima. Where she's Antra. And hi, I'm Garima. And today on the show, we have Shada. And no intro for Shada this time? Because everybody knows her already. I know she she <laughs> said no introduction, but we technically don't need to because anyone who's worked with her, seen her, interacted with her, they know who she is and they know exactly how amazing she is. Even if you've not done that and just follow her on her social media platforms, you have enough and more and so much of content there that gives you all that adrenaline just to read all that stuff on Twitter and her LinkedIn profile, what she writes, how opinionated she is. And just to read that, you were like, this woman needs to come and join us on Unscripted. Definitely. Right? So now we are going <laughs> to put you, you in the spotlight and you're going to tell us exactly how everything started, the career journey. Take us through it all. Okay. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I've been working for 25 years. I started with Arthur Anderson, spent uh, three and a half good years there until they had the, uh, with the Enron scandal in the US, the entire firm collapsed worldwide. Then I joined PwC, uh, spent a little bit of time there and there was a demand because of the scandal that happened with Enron, something called SOX compliance came up and PwC Roman asked me, are you okay to travel to the US? I said, yes, sure, if you guys train me, I'm happy to do that. So I spent um, a couple of years in the US and in Manchester. Then I came back and got a good opportunity with Shell Oman Marketing. So I was heading treasury um, and MIS and shareholders relations and all. And then I decided that, okay, I love the industry experience because you own the risk as opposed to advising um, clients. Uh, but I decided consulting is where my heart is. Um, so then I applied to the US in California and joined the technology team, uh, System and Process Assurance. Spent a couple of years there, but then unfortunately my younger brother passed away, so I decided to come back home. No, it's good. I mean, everything happens for a reason. Um, God bless his soul. And so I returned home and uh, I got poached by uh, Mubarak and Amani, who just set up Protivity, and told me, hey, I want you to come in and be my right hand. Um, Your right hand. My right hand, yeah. Uh, it was, which was quite an honorable thing to hear, um, especially after spending some time uh, overseas. And so I accepted the job offer. And I've been there now for 15 years, um, of which most of it is a country MD. Thanks to wow. him too. Wow, yeah. wow. Very nicely. How nicely she's just kind of taken us through with the fact that she was here in Oman, then she went to the US, she came back to Oman, then she went to China, then she, mm. went, uh, she came back to Oman, then she went to Yemen, then she came mm. back to Oman. Then there was quite a travel yeah. and those 25 years have really seen a lot, yes, right? Yes. So if you had to just compare yourself, what Shada was like 25 years back and what Shada is like now, what is the difference that you see in her? Actually, when I reflect back what I was then, I was uh, quite courageous considering how young I was and the circumstances that I was in. I wasn't aware of it until like maybe 10 years ago when you hear about different you know, struggles and conflicts at the workplace. And I was like, oh, I never went through that. Then when I hear stories, I'm like, oh my goodness, I've actually been through a lot yeah. um, over the last whatever, you know, 15 years, at least the first 15 years of my career were not, it was not smooth sailing, mm -hmm. but I had a lot of fun. And I realized actually I was thick skinned um, and a big uh, thanks goes to actually my parents and my brothers because I was raised in a home where, you know, we were equals. Um, and actually, I got a lot of attention from my parents. I think from my mom on the education level and even career, she was my mentor. And my dad just spoiled me as, you know, treating me like a princess. <laughs> Not spoiled me any other way, but just made sure that I'm treated as a woman and respected as a woman. Right. And same thing with the boys. Right. So I was blessed in that environment. So I think I was ready to go out in the real world and not be like devastated by anything. And I knew my boundaries and I knew how to, I wouldn't say demand respect, but earn respect 
regardless of the circumstances. Right. Shada, yeah. you mentioned in the conversation that both your parents were working, yeah. which is not very common, especially here in a market like Oman, yeah. right? Uh, was there anything or did you ever felt that you were treated differently back then when you were in school, when you had both your parents working or was it just the same? Was there any difference? Uh, did you ever feel that? I did, for sure. I mean, I was, uh, I went to a private school. Right. And of course, my mom just tried to push us to the best schooling that we could get. Being a working woman, she had that leverage um, and that discussion with my dad saying, look, this is where the kids are going to go. It's not about what our budget is, but, you know, she's happy to allocate an additional budget to make sure that we get the best education. And back then, um, the school that I went to, I would say that, you know, most of the mothers weren't working mothers. So mm. we used to get sometimes bullied in school. Me and my younger brother's like, hey, your mother doesn't have time for you because our mm. mother's always at home cooking for us, doing this and that. But I was like, wait a minute. Like, my mom had a government job. She had a business. Right. But by the time we get back from school, she's waiting. She's eyeing us. She's yeah. making sure we have our lunch, get back yeah. on the table, you know, tutor us yeah. and make sure we go to bed on time. Yeah. So, I mean, I was like, I even tease her until today and tell her that, you know, did you ever not have time for yourself? Didn't you have your own activities? Because I didn't feel like she was a working mother. Right. I didn't feel like she's a businesswoman. She balanced I, She, she was just amazing. Like, you yeah. know, she was just, yeah. she had her eyes all on us. So I'm going to ask you another question, yeah. right? And you've got to be very honest. Sure. Were you always grateful and, uh, you know, in awe of your mom and dad right from the beginning or it came as you grew up? Like, you never complained with the fact that, you know, mom, you're not spending enough time with me while the other mothers are spending enough time with their kids. Were you always like that, that grateful to your parents or it came with time? Because I think with kids, they also get influenced when a couple of them come and ask you that, hey, what's your mother doing or yeah. does she have time for you or not? You start thinking that way. Right. Yeah. So and even if that you. thought is not there, it's somewhere it just yeah. suddenly comes. Just even if you're not thinking about it, it, it somewhere affects yeah. you. Did I you? mean, I think my, uh, the problem with my mom, she was always around us. That was the problem. I was like, when does she take a break, right? Because she just did not leave us alone from the time we come back from school until we go to bed. She's just fully alert and her eyes are on us, you know, with our education and discipline. That's it. But I'm very grateful. Um, I'm extremely grateful. Obviously, you exchange notes also with your um, classmates and you hear the stories and you're like, I don't have those problems. You know? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. so, so I think I got there. an abundance of attention, abundance of love, yeah. abundance of support, and abundance of discipline. Oh. The discipline <laughs> well, was there. Yeah. You know, my mom was the balance. cop. Yeah. My mom was yeah. the cop, although my dad is a cop. Yeah. He worked for Royal Oman Police for 40 plus years, Ooh. but my mom was the cop. She was the boss at home. Wow. Well, the boss wow. of her kids. Yeah. 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 Uh, you've traveled so much, yeah. right? And uh, you were traveling from Oman. Mm. And you've traveled to really a lot of countries, yeah? Did you see any, uh, were you ever intimidated or were you ever, did you see that major cultural difference while you traveled and stayed there and worked in the other countries that you did? Definitely, a lot of cultural differences. Um, for me, uh, working in the U.S. was actually inspiring. Okay. Um, working for PwC, you know, the big four global consulting firm, it was amazing. I, uh, despite being the only Arab, being one of the only women in my uh, section, or division at a senior level, it was there was kind of a you know a strange pressure, especially during the time when I was there. The country was going through an economic turmoil. Um, you know there were two rounds of layoffs that happened. I missed the bullet twice. I said either I'm really hardworking or underpaid, 
That's mm -hmm. why I still have my job. Yeah. But actually, it was an extremely inspiring workplace. Um, I remember one time I was asked, um, is there a cultural issue because you're very quiet? Yeah. And actually, I was really just observing, trying to understand the environment and, and you know, how to mm -hmm. operate and how to get things right. And then they actually started allocating time for me, specifically, mm -hmm. in the leadership meetings to have a conversation. They said, we don't care what topic you cover, but at least you the first 10 minutes, you're going to talk, talk about something. Because they saw that there was value coming from me, considering I was working in Oman. In Oman, the benefit is you get to do a little bit of everything. In mm -hmm. the U.S., you get to do one thing in depth. Yeah. So oh. in Oman, the breadth of my experience was actually something that they were fascinated by. And right. I was fascinated by the depth of the expertise. Right. So I had, you know, I was winning right. on both sides. And right. I was fortunate at that time because both females, yeah. partners, yeah. were very supportive of women. So both... Actually, both partners were females. Wow. So that was just extremely wow. another level. So we have wow. like 10 guys at my level. Yeah. And then I have two women at the top. Yeah. So obviously, I could see that when there's a woman at the top or a woman at the top, yeah. Um, yeah. just changes the dynamics. How does, how, how, how? I really want to know. Well, I mean, I think they're very aware of the subtle microaggressions mm. that women can face at the workplace. So, for example, I was interrupted in a meeting by mm. another man. Mm. And she actually just like tapped the table quite loudly and just said, you know, excuse my language, but like, shut up and let her finish what she was saying. Wow. So I was quite that's intimidated. Yeah. yeah, that's really Yeah, bold. I was yeah. quite intimidated by her when she said that. I was like, oh my God, I hope nobody talks to me like that. But then yeah. she just looked over and smiled at me and said, can you complete what you were saying very softly? And then she took me to her office and she said, you need to talk more. We mm. need to hear you. She's like, why don't you talk as much as you should? Is mm. it a cultural issue? Is it from where you, you know, from the country you come from? I mean, they were quite considered. They even asked me if working on Friday is okay. Mm. Like, look oh. at the level of consideration. Nice. And, you know, they said, we know that it's a holy day for you. Is it an issue for you to work on Fridays? I was like, oh, yeah. my God, I feel like a queen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't, for me, it was a beautiful cultural, I wouldn't say shock, yeah. but I was integrated very well into yeah. the system. And did this particular experience push you to do the same for others in your field? 100%. And, and how did you do that? I mean, I do that in my office right. at the moment. I think, uh, not I think. So I've had like five women. The women that I was reporting to, mm. I actually hired her. Mm. I got her to be hired at Protivity. Um, she ended up becoming a partner mm. at Protivity. She was heading the country in Bahrain. Mm. Um, I had another woman hired. Uh, today she's a partner at KPMG in Paris. Uh, and Lovely. as we speak, I have three female directors. Doesn't that make you feel office. proud? And don't you feel like, oh yes. my God, yes. I've True. worked with Leader. them. And yeah, you you just just get another level of happiness when when people whom you worked with or you've coached, probably, yeah, yeah, you've coached, you mentored, or, and when you see them excel in their field, it just like gives you like a different. Yeah, Sometimes it's just a supporting a decision, right? Yeah. So. Correct. Like the, the Italian woman who worked with us, I just supported the decision for hiring. I'm yeah. like, she's great. Just yeah. let's hire her. Yeah. She, earned, she earned it. But she always says, thanks for having my back. Because yeah. today I'm in Paris and yeah. I made it to partnership. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, if we look at it, there were a lot of women who actually supported you. Mm. Women supporting women. Yeah. Do you see that enough happening in today's time? Not enough. Hmm. Not enough, unfortunately. <laughs> and why do you say yeah. that? <laughs> I mean, just from experience. I mean, I think there's multiple reasons for that, too. Um, there are not enough women in leadership positions to, for us to actually witness that. And I think right. there is definitely a shift happening. Right. Could we do more? 100%. Right. I mean, there's, there's a book that was written by a man and a woman. I think it's called uh, Women Rise at Work or something like that by Marshall Goldsmith and uh, another person. They said 12 habits that hold back women. And one of them 
is we don't leverage our relationships, mm. right? So like mm. I met you now and I met you, mm. I could easily just give you a call tomorrow and say, hey, can you, you know, take this woman in? But I would be like, no, that's really inauthentic. Mm. I don't know Garima and Garima would be like, she's just using me. Like that's mm. usually mm. the mindset mm. that women mm. have because we want to be authentic, but mm. that actually holds us back. Whereas a man is like, oh, don't worry about it. I just met him yesterday and I'll sort you out. Mm. That's yeah, actually so, very true. Now that you yeah. say out loud, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple of instances and <laughs> yes, it's 100% yeah. correct. Yeah. Does that mean that we actually overthink? We do, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and overthink more than men. We overanalyze and we self-sabotage. Yeah. Because yeah, we, we don't give ourselves enough credit. No, we never do. Yeah. We never do. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Talk more <laughs> about that book. You've just completed one. You've just take, taken us through that one bad yeah. habit. Tell me more. See, I think uh, we, uh, there is uh, one of the habits that is actually called the perfection trap. Mm. So, you know. If it's not perfect, and so we always have this, it has to be flawless. Whatever it is that we do, it has to be flawless. I do understand historically and culturally and everything, there is more spotlight on our mistakes, right? Yeah. So if a woman goes, mm -hmm. something goes wrong with her, it's like, oh, look, it's because she's a woman. Yeah. But if a guy, it's like, okay, mistakes happen, right? So yeah. we have those situations. And I think yeah. also women, we ruminate a lot, right? Like, to, like you said, we overanalyze the situation. Yeah. It's like, just let it go. I mean, things happen. I've, I, I was actually guilty of many of these habits that hold us back. And yeah. one of them is the perfection trap, yeah. mm -hmm. right? I yeah. mean, I was so obsessed with perfectionism to the point that I got burnt out, to the point I was even misdiagnosed with, uh, with cancer. Yeah. And I know my whole body was lit up because I was just oh. exhausted. Yeah, so I did, you know, a PET scan and they said, oh, you know, you've got lymphoma. And it wasn't. My body was just reacting because, and then I realized I had like a revelation um, mm. during the procedure that um, I just overdo it. I have to prove I have to wait for someone to pay credit. I have to wait for someone to reward me, someone to recognize validation. me. Validation. Well, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, definitely. External validation is another, is another whole. I wasn't internally validating myself. Today, of course, I'm in a different place. Right. I did realize, and I've, alhamdulillah, I never got sick after that. I did yeah. realize when I was at the hospital, I was like, okay, I need to take a step back and just relax. So now even when my team make mistakes, I'm like, it's not the end of the world, it's okay. It's not like we're saving lives. We're not heart surgeons and all that sort of thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to kill someone if I make yeah. a mistake. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever go through that phase where you actually blamed the work or blamed someone else for, for all the stuff that happened and kind of slowed you down? I've never been the type who does the blaming game. I don't yeah. feel like it doesn't. I blame yeah. myself, maybe. Yeah, but I don't blame That's exactly others. what I'm trying to ask. Do you yeah. blame yourself that time? That, do I mean, you know sometimes I, I I'm like, yeah, I should have had firmer boundaries or, yeah. you know, I should have done things differently. I should have yeah. taken a step back. I should yeah. have asked for help. We don't ask for help. Yes. Yeah? That's yes. another habit that holds us yes. back. Like, yes. I should have asked for help. I should have enlisted for my allies right from the beginning. Not when yeah. things are falling apart. It's like, oh, help me now. Come save me. No, yeah. I should have asked for help right from the beginning. Yeah. It's okay yeah. to say I don't know. Yeah. You know, following up on something Garama had asked earlier, you said about women supporting women. Yeah. Do you think now men also support women? There are a lot of men who are. Because when you said you started out your first job, yeah. or when you got back over here, it was a man who said, will you be my right hand? Yeah. Right? What do you think about men supporting women? There's definitely a major shift. A major shift. And I yes. think one simple example is uh, my program, Sidra. It's right. a social initiative, an independent initiative. Actually, all my sponsors, with the exception of one, were males. And Whoa. I did not do any selling. I literally said, hey, there's a program I want to yeah. launch. Yeah. Would you support us? And they yeah. said, totally. Wow. So there is a definitely, and they are not, it's not just talk and lip service and just paying up some money, but they actually do believe 
and no. that this program is going to yeah. make a difference and they yeah. believe in the program and the thought. Well, I mean, they also do have set policies in their own organizations to support wow. women. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So one of them said 75% of my new recruits have to be females. I was shocked. Whoa. I was like, wow. wow. He's wow. like, yes, based on, you know, merit and all that. Yeah. But 75%, we need to fill at least. So let's say we need 100 uh, employees. I'm going to make sure that we 75%. have to make every effort to have 75%. So this yeah. is happening. And he put it as a policy. Nice. So I was like, I like this person. And the next nice. thing I knew, he, he sponsored my program. Wow. So, you know. Wow. I mean, I'm also selective about who I want to reach out to. <laughs> yeah. I know who support and who don't, especially being in the business consulting field, providing services. Most of my buyers are males. Yeah. 95% are males, yeah. so yeah. thanks to them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so basically, if there is a woman at a certain position, there are certain set of males or there are certain set of people who would say that, why should I take a, a request from her? Or why is she, who is why she to ask me? Her? Yeah, why do we follow her? Or uh, why is she instructing me? Or because then it's, not, then it's not a request. Then it, then it becomes, she's dictating. Yeah, mm. and why should I do this? And why is it not written in this way? And... Not mm -hmm. that way. I mean, I know it's happened uh, multiple times. It's happened with me, of course, and it's happened with oh, other women. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like there's an art in communicating. Yeah. yeah? So I think th it's also the energy you give out. Yeah. So if you're communicating with someone who's already like intimidated by your position or by whatever, there is yeah. there is an art yeah. in communicating to first, you know, uh, ground them. Yeah. before telling them what to do. And I mean, you can get people to do a lot of things for you if you communicate it the right way. So for me, yeah. there is an art to communicating. Yeah. Um, yes, there is ego. And I think we all have ego. Yeah. And uh, a good-sized ego is good for us to, you know, to propel us forward. Mm -hmm. But when it's big, then you lose balance, mm. right? Mm -hmm. It's like Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, I always say that. If your ego is really but when big, we talk like about art of communicating, it is very easily taken if a man is actually giving you those instructions or sending out that email or asking you to do anything. Because it's just like... It's just programmed in your head like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. But when a female comes into the picture and she says that this is how it's going to be done, there are too many questions asked. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. She's unfortunately. aggressive and a lot of other synonyms like that. Yeah, exactly. And then there are terms given to it. Like She's just demanding. how we were discussing yeah. off the recording yeah. and when you said that the term ambition itself. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's when you say that the girl is ambitious, somewhere you feel that it's oh, negative. Yeah. yeah. But when a man is ambitious, ooh, yeah. wow. Yeah. What do you feel about that? It's 100% true. I mean, I remember I was having, a, I wouldn't say an identity issue, but when people went around saying, oh, she's ambitious. I said, what do they mean by ambitious? Mm. I mean, for me, if I'm going to spend eight hours working, mm. I don't want to be in the same position with the same pay for the next 10, 15 years. Right? Mm. That's what you do. You want mm. to be more productive. Mm. You want better rewards. Mm. That's, I think, a normal expectation from any mm. human being who's putting the work. Mm. And, mm. and yes, with time, with experience, with expertise, you expect mm. your value to go up. You're, mm. As a human being, as a human capital, the mm. more you develop yourself, the more mm. you should be appreciated, mm. regardless. Mm. So I said, I want to be appreciated. I don't know if ambitious is the right word, because I felt like ambitious kind of, there's a con negative connotation that you, everything comes second, mm. uh, and it's all about you. Mm. Actually, it's not all about me. I mean, I have helped so many people in the workplace. I've helped so You're many people in the cause. business community. Yes, it is something. The reward is to see the collective win. It's right. not an individual. Right. 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 But you know, when a man is ambitious, he's the right guy for the job. When a woman's ambitious, okay, watch out. She's good, but yeah. watch out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I can still feel it when she's saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. You spearheaded a lot of programs. How how do you foster inclusivity? Since that is also a theme for this year's International Women's Day. So let's talk about that. 
For me, inclusivity is essential. It's not even something that should be discussed or improperly marketed. Mm. Um, when I talk about, say, for example, the youth leadership program, inclusivity, um, we make sure that we pick women across the country, not just women from Muscat. We mm. know the challenges of women in different other parts of the governorate. Mm. There's not, not enough access to different types of jobs. Obviously, the mm. high-end paying jobs are in Muscat. Mm. And there's not everything for everyone. And of course, mm. others, they want to stay in their own governorate, right? They're not mm. planning mm. to move to Muscat just for the job. Yeah. Uh, due yeah. to family, uh, some just love being at home, yeah. right? Mm. But so what's the next thing we do is that we help them um, or shape mindsets that actually can... Uh, what's the word, generate their own revenue, generate their own income, right. yeah, or diversify their income so they can right. be a teacher and yeah. they can have a side business, home business yeah. and so on. So our inclusivity was to make sure that we handpick women from across the country, at least from the SIDRA program perspective, right. and we are covering all women. So we're covering job seekers, we're covering college students, we're covering uh, young professionals, mm. and also small and medium uh, businesses. Nice. Yeah, because every year... So I started with 18 to 25, and then I did the 20 to 30. Mm. And then they said, what about us in our mid-30s? I said, okay, so let's expand it. So right. now it's like right. 20. So right. I think that's kind of the inclusion that we're trying to create. Right. Um, when it comes to the workplace, of course, inclusivity means many things to me. It's, it's also it's gender, it's age, it's uh, nationalities as well. Um, because for me, I always say that, yes, we're a global company with a local uh, context, you know, good context, understanding. Um, of the local customs and all. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and also we're very open to, we know that there are certain people who have, like illnesses, I've hired two people who actually said that they, they have an illness that would impact them mm. at the workplace, mm. Um, mm. but that did not stop us, right? Mm. Because, and actually they're great performers, mm. regardless. Mm. But I was like, okay, if you disclose that elsewhere, you might mm. not get the job. Yeah. Same thing yeah. with women. Um, we've had pregnant women, and um, some of them even took a year out. Um, you know, it's not necessarily a policy, but I allowed it right. to happen because I right. said, and actually they unbelievably, they perform really well after yeah. they've had the baby. Yeah. It's just a mother's mindset is shaped. They know how to multitask. They know how to prioritize. They know how to manage time. So it's, uh, it's interesting when you keep an open mind is that yes. what value do you know, well, uh, each one of these uh, individuals more bring to the there. table. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know if we can, so base, uh, yeah. go for it. Yeah, I'm saying that the entire program that we're talking about, the Sidra program, yeah. is it right to say that the program actually aims to make women financially independent? That is one aspect of it. So okay. one was job readiness. Okay. One was also readiness uh, for future of work skills, okay. uh, preparing them how to ace in their interviews, Very uh, nice. preparing them how to become good managers and leaders, wow. how to work as a team. So it's wow. not about leading that being the boss, but really right. leading even in day one of your right. job. How do you lead? Right. How right. do you collaborate? How do you network? Right. Um, we are creating a community. That's what we're trying to do. So Lovely. when you say women supporting women, yeah. it's unbelievable how much they're supporting one another. So just one of our, we have, we've uh, trained 60 women this year. Wow. One of them, yeah. So one of them just hired another one in her batch. Hey! Wow. So that's, for me, that's wow. like yeah. a highlight. That's you know? the reward that for is, you. Yeah, that was like, wow. She actually, and she, it's not, nobody mentioned it to me or anything, but they spent 11 days together. And wow. now she has a job. Lovely, yeah. lovely. Yeah. Wow, it feels nice when you yeah, hear stuff like nice. this. <laughs> yeah. But tell me uh, something, in today's world, how important is it for women to be financially independent? Because just over the weekend, we were just having a little chat with all our friends and there comes a kid, she's just five, okay? Mm. She's just five and uh, mm. the question asked to her was, so what do you want to be once you grow up? And uh, you're going to work hard and you know, you, you can do whatever you want. She was like, uh, why am I going to work? 
and this suddenly the next question was you don't want to work when you grow up no i'm going to chill at home i'm going to make sure that my husband makes enough and more money so that i can chill it's and a 5 five five. year old wow. okay so my question here is that i do understand that a lot comes into picture when it's about the upbringing at home and what kind of values are you giving to children and how in what kind of an environment are they really growing up right if i had to ask you what are the little things that can be shared with them or that can be included or that should be kept in mind while the children are of that age while they growing up because honestly there are a lot of women out there who are even working right now but the backup plan is that one day i'll just marry a rich guy and i'm sorted for life mm. they don't understand that everything comes with a price they are paying a big price for that as well yeah yeah what is that thing that they actually need to keep in mind when it comes to the fact that what difference will they will it make in their life when it's about being financially independent i think before even discussing being financially independent we need to talk about how do we live with meaning and purpose hmm. that's often missed i know hmm. a lot of women i have friends who are married and they don't work and i have friends who are married who work Mm. and i've got single friends who work and i have single friends who you know are taken mm. care of by the family mm. um and i've seen one key difference is the ones who are not working actually don't feel like they have a purpose to even wake up some of them even talk about that they just say i don't feel i have a purpose when i wake up in the morning i don't know you know so maybe i take the kids to the school and then what i sit at home and do what okay cook yeah. do yeah. something whatever yeah. um some of them don't have to do anything because they're sorted right they have all the help that they right. need right. but they're not happy internally right. because they want to do more and actually some of them even call me up and say is there anything i can do can i help with sidra some of them even ask they're like i'll do anything even if you just want me to carry the equipment yeah. you know the cameras yeah. or whatever i was like what so i can see that there is that now when it comes to financial independence i was raised with parents who split the bills right and right and this was not apparently something rare we just don't talk about it yes but i think I'm, my parents are okay if i talk about it because today people need two salaries yes homes need two salaries yes the the life you know the lifestyle and the expectations of the younger generation and uh, the expenses of education everything has changed yes so two salaries is a must and i think the other thing is and my mom always says that why do we always look at it as she needs to be financially independent what if something happened to her husband what if she's a widow what if he becomes disabled what if he's in a job that doesn't really have a great career trajectory right so somebody's working in the banking sector someone's working as an engineer with a specific expertise he doesn't really have a leadership track mm. she mm. suddenly becomes a ceo of a bank mm. she is a breadwinner mm. it's about so you know the dynamics are very different and right. this i mean even with some of my friends they surprised me they said yeah mom used to pay half the bills i said oh i thought it was just my mom and actually this has been happening for decades yeah. we need to admit it it's been yes. happening for decades yes. i think that's one thing that we you know undermine is what have women brought to the table absolutely uh, i don't think so the there are enough and more women who are talking about it openly yeah. who are addressing the thing that it's pretty normal to do that exactly. and because there are not enough and more discussions around that the mindset still continues to exist where man continues to be the breadwinner and, and, and guy yeah and, yeah. and, and i think it's, it's unfair on men right this okay, is social I'm pressure like, no, no, this is social pressure to them but i'm just saying that they're not enough and more discussion no, no, I, yeah. around that no no i agree with you but what i meant by social pressure is that he's the breadwinner he's the breadwinner yeah, he's not necessarily going yeah, to be that right? yeah right there's too much pressure yeah you know he, he might not be yeah. yeah i mean you know 
we don't know where his career path is going to take him and where right. her career path is going to take her. Sometimes it's luck, sometimes it's destiny. Um, sometimes it's hard work and sometimes mm -hmm. it's circumstances, yes. right? So there's uh, different uh, reasons for that. But I think what also needs to be made clear is that although women split bills, they don't have to in Islam. In Islam, a woman's uh, earnings is hers and a man's earnings is for himself and the family. He has Whoa. to be bearing all the cost for everything. However, that's not necessarily what is practiced. And there's nothing wrong helping your husband. Right. Um, but like I said, the social pressures just positions each gender a little bit. You know, they, yeah. each one has their own pressures. But you yeah. can see the, the, I mean, I remember one man, he's a businessman, and he said, Shada, if you do any business for women, you'll be in business even during COVID. Because apparently COVID, all the women-run businesses, actually 80% of the businesses that were set up during COVID were by women. Whoa. So talking about, there you know, you generating their wow. own the income. There. Yeah, yeah, they were home businesses, but yeah. still they were 80%. What do you think they were doing? They were helping the husbands. That's what they were doing, right? It's like, okay, situation is tough. A lot of people got laid off. A lot of people got pay cuts. Yes. A lot of people were forced to go and leave. Yes. And it's like, mm -hmm. again, uncertainty. The women just, you know, said, you know what? Let's find another way to, to you know, generate uh, new streams of income. Yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, they do it for the family. A woman, she gives back to everyone. She doesn't Absolutely. just give back to her kids and the home. She gives back to the parents. She gives back to her siblings. I know this for a fact. I know tons of stories uh, where women take care of the entire family. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why Naturally, are we talking about it? Yeah. I mean, we're nurturing, right? As women, we're nurturing. Absolutely. And that's what we do. Everything we have, we share. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's always yeah. a plus point. I think we're inherently hardwired to like, be a little bit more giving. Right, right, <laughs> right. Okay, so like you said, that it's all about, yeah, how we technically at home also, what are the values that are instilled in the environment also makes a lot of difference. Right. So uh, if I had to ask you, how can we really normalize it? Why is it such a big issue till date? Why is it that they still question that uh, if the female is also working, then who's taking care of the house? Why is that a big question till date? Good question. I don't know how to answer it <laughs> in a direct way. I, again, to be honest, it's very circumstantial, right? So um, there are situations where women just don't have time, right? Yeah. There are situations where women do everything, but she doesn't talk about it. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I mean, I gave you the example of my mom. She was working in the government. She's back home at 2.30. We get back at 3 p.m. She's available until like 7.30 when she tells us go to bed. After 7.30, she looks after her business for like an hour and... That's it. She continues. And she did a lot of other things. She sat on boards. She was working, you know, she's, she's always been also actively um, as a social worker, you know. So, but I never felt her presence was absent, you know. So Do you I also believe that it takes a lot from the man's side as well in the whole relationship that to have that supportive husband or to have that supportive man in the family makes a lot of difference? 100%. My dad was 100% supportive. Not just supportive, he was proud. He was yes. proud. I remember him saying one thing. He said, I can take her into any room. I don't even have to talk. Yeah. So wow. I think that says a lot, right? Absolutely. I mean, other men might say, oh, Absolutely. you know, it's so belittling. She's the smart one or whatever. Yeah. But no, he's like, I don't even need to talk. I just yeah. walk in with her. Yeah. And, you know, so it, there's, I mean, there was no ego. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There was no ego. There was pride. Yeah. And I think that's what's important is a supportive husband can go a very long way. Oh, supportive brothers, is. supportive fathers. Yes. My dad is very supportive. So even yes. when I went overseas, a lot of people might have thought like, what is he thinking? How can he allow her to go? And he's like, what do you mean? How, how do I allow her? She's an adult. She can make her own decisions. And I trust her. Say that again, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, please. she can make her own decisions. Wow. And I trust her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
Wow. He's always been like that. Never, yeah. never, ever dictated my decision since I turned 18. Because he was on his own since the age of 18, had to be responsible and all. Mm. And so he's like, I expect that from my children. Mm. Do you think there's ever an ego clash between two partners when both of them are working? Not necessarily. I mean, I know, I know a lot um, where their husbands and wives work. Sometimes, obviously, completely different uh, paths, so they don't really see eye to eye. Right. Um, others where they love conversing because they're actually mentally stimulating one another, right? It's mm. like, hey, what happened at work? Mm. And they keep exchanging notes, and actually they support one another, yes. even in their growth. Yes. Um, if ego comes in the way, then they're not going to last. Yeah. Mm. Right. 100%, they're not going to last. Yeah. <laughs> now, following on yeah. what you said, and again, this... This still happens, you know, if uh, the lady earns more than the guy, they don't go out and share it with people because... Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, because of certain unsaid things there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't, like, it shouldn't be that way. Well, yes. What do you have to say on that? It's a social pressure, right? If you are yeah. already positioned the male gender to be the breadwinner, and this is a global thing. It's not, it's a universal yeah. thing. Yeah, it's not just, it's yeah. everywhere. I mean, yeah. in the US, my boss at that time, she said that uh, my husband is the stay home dad hmm. and I'm going to be the one working just before she delivered. And I said, oh, how come? She said, because, you know, he's a carpenter and I'm about to become a partner. So she's like, it only makes sense financially for yeah. us and for the kid. But see, that's that he very takes practical. Care of the home. It's very yeah. it's extreme. Forward. It's yeah. extreme, but this happened 15 years ago. Yeah. We should get there ago. now already. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about the Sidra program more. Mm. Okay. Now, you on a very regular basis are in touch with these young women, young girls. What are the things and what are the challenges that they are facing the most? And how do you deal with that? Especially when we're talking about the Oman market. Because these are all Omanis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Obviously, one of them is um, just helping them understand how things are different from the education, uh, you know, from academia to the mm -hmm. job market workplace. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest challenges that they, they bicker about is the pay, mm -hmm. right? Why is the pay mm -hmm. so low? Why is mm -hmm. the starting salary so low? How are we going to manage with such pay and so mm -hmm. on? Mm -hmm. Of course, the other thing is not getting interviews. So it's like mm -hmm. I submitted my CV at so many organizations and, you know, I didn't even get an interview or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when I see the CVs, I'm like, okay, let me tell you why. Right? <laughs> so then I walk work. them through that. So I help them with that. Yeah. Um, same thing with interviews. I mean, bless them. Sometimes they just need that support. So I had yeah. one young lady come up to me. She's like, I'm really nervous. I have a job interview tomorrow. Can you prep me? Actually, every girl who reached out to me, she got the job. So, wow. yeah. So I just said, That's you need to track be... record. Yeah, yeah, I know, it, right? It, it, it but we go to the other consultancies. So you just need to go to her, right? I don't, I don't know if it's about consultancy. <laughs> See, we need to ask for help. So yeah. tomorrow, I'm going to call her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, my tips were just be authentic. Right. And don't forget your smile. Hmm. Let them read you through your smile, right? Because right. uh, some of them, like there was one I told her, I was like, I can't read you unless you smile. Yeah. You know, so when she was smiling, she's like, okay, I'm going to take my smile with me. Um, and I also tell them, just be authentic. If you don't know the answer to the question, just say you don't know. And be yeah. prepared to also ask questions, but also be prepared to research right. the company, ask more about the job, show interest, because they're not looking at how smart you are or what you know about the job as much yeah. as how curious you are, yeah. right? And, you know, also yeah. personality, right? Yes. Going in with a smile just makes a person feel like, hey, I, I can work with this person. You yeah. know, we can work with this person. Yeah. So communication, um, professional demeanor, showing up on time, very basic things. Right. And right. I always tell them, please don't ask about the pay. Because that's not a question you want to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything in particular that 
you'd like to address or you want to talk about it openly because not enough people are talking about when it comes to women at work? I would like more women to support women. Yeah, I always say that um, the sun is so big that we can all shine. We need to not forget that. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people uh, or women worry that, you know, I don't want to lose the spotlight. The spotlight is the sun and the sun can shine on all of us. So yeah. I think it's important to remember that we need to uh, support one another. Yeah. It's very simple. I mean, uh, and I can see that shift happening already, right? I already told you, and I think it needs to start early, not when you make it to the top, but um, we have young women at my workplace as an example who have recommended other women to work with us. Wow. And they know the standards, they know what we're looking for. So as long as you are supporting with the right objectives in an ethical manner, why not? Yeah. Do more of it. Yeah. Uh, not see one another as a threat, but see as one another yeah, as competition. Yeah. You know, I think boys or men do that all the time. They have each other's back, even yeah, if he doesn't absolutely. have all the credentials. Yeah. But I think we're also under pressure and we're judged. Is that was your assessment on point or not? When you suggested another woman, was she really good enough for the job or not? Or did you just recommend a friend? So women, when a woman recommends another woman, you can trust her, right. generally speaking. She's right. not just going to recommend anybody. Yes. You know, I know yes. that for a fact. So I've had women who recommended other women and I was like, wow, thanks. Can you, can you bring Lovely. them on board? Yeah? yeah. So I think our authenticity also makes us hold back thinking, oh, I don't want to be judged. What if things don't go as yeah. planned? Then yeah. it's going to be on me. Yeah. We're all under that pressure. I'm guilty of it too. You yeah. know, it's like, okay, I, yes, I do want to support. But for me, you know, first it's based on merit. Right. and making sure that they make you proud. Right. Yeah, so right. when I recommended, for example, the Italian woman, today she's a partner at Paris. Whether you liked her or not, I'm like, guys, see where she is. Wow. She's up there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But many a times it also happens since you were in the consulting business as well and also you are dealing with these young women on a daily basis and also you've been on those positions as well. Do you think that thought ever crosses or uh, affects people's decision making when they say that, okay, she's at this particular age? She doesn't have any children at the moment. Maybe she's in the planning stage. And if this person gets recruited at the moment, there is a possibility that, you know, in the coming months, there's, we see like a longer leave. And then, mm. okay, you've got to be like, if the medical expenses are also taken kind. Do you think that become, that, that really affects the decision making or? It no does. People are, it yeah. has. I know. Countless yeah. stories. Countless stories where decisions like that were made. Sometimes even decisions that, oh, you're getting married, suddenly the decisions on the table kind of shifts a little bit. Yeah. I hear, I've, I've, heard, I've heard countless stories. Yeah. Or, you know, like she's, I had a woman who came up to me and said, shall I disclose that I'm six months pregnant? I was like, that's on you. Don't ask me for such advice. I'd love yeah. you to be honest. But is it a question? It's not, it's not something that you need to... Yeah. to mention it's yeah. who else is going to get pregnant it's the woman yeah it's not like the man has an exactly. option exactly. so why is that you know that's yeah. procreation is our duty right that that's true <laughs> but what i'm trying to ask here is that if we need to make a shift there or if we need to make uh, people to think about the fact that no it's pretty normal and if that woman is even planning a pregnancy or is even going to be back the work is still going to run as normal but then the next question comes oh my god she's going to be more involved in the upbringing of the children because suddenly that mindset changes because by default it is that the woman has to lead that at home i think they forget that men also have joint responsibility for that absolutely kids. but not many men and women actually admit to that and accept it to be as normal well i mean to be fair also a lot is on the woman 
right? Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I've, I've had women like, you know, who have to show up for the KG graduation or to take their kids or pick them up and send them to the mm. hospital mostly. Yeah. It's the mothers yeah. who do it because the father's busy at work. But she's, she's at work too. So I get it, right? Mm. The, mm. the responsibilities. But unfortunately, yes, there is still bias when it comes to recruitment and promotions. It's like, hey, she's pregnant. She's not going to get promoted this year. I've heard countless stories like that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And they see it as an extra cost. Unfortunately, that's that's exactly what they say. She's an extra cost. Well, Absolutely. what about the value that she brings to the table? Yes. You know, yes. I've, I've had I mean, we also make a joke at Protivity that we're like a baby factory because every woman and even every man, they all had babies when they came to Protivity, you know, <laughs> all of them. And it's, uh, and it's not that's one baby happened. or two. It's like yeah. three, four yeah. fake, uh, kids and nothing changed at our workplace. Actually, the fathers had a harder time. You know, during COVID, they used to say, can you give us permission to work from the office? Because we can't focus. <laughs> Whereas the mothers, can I work from home? Because I can right. manage. Right. We can hear the kid crying in the background and she's carrying on on, on yeah. teams. And she's like, sorry, my kid, you know, it's okay. Yeah. You know? She's a multitasker. Yeah. She yeah, can yeah, yeah. handle totally. it all and she can balance but, it all. Yeah, right? But all the fathers, they said, can, so we had to prioritize the office space just for the fathers. <laughs> so it was the fathers. That's the first yeah. thing I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was laughing about it, but I, they actually asked me, can you please, because, you know, we had to do the whole uh, distancing and also mm. I said unfortunately it would be the fathers the m working mothers were super happy actually yeah. they performed their best yeah. working from home yeah they performed their best yeah, yeah. wow wow <laughs> oh my god I can just go on and on and on and on and can keep asking her questions and can keep asking her to share one question throughout the whole conversation you mentioned quite a few times about your mom mm. I'm assuming here that she was your role model and you've learned a lot from her who was your mom's role model See, my mom grew up alone. Uh, she went to boarding school from the age of 11. Wow. So she grew up knowing, like learning how to take care of herself. Right. She didn't really have a role model per se. Obviously, she had a mom, she had aunts yeah. and everything. Yeah. But she said it wasn't easy in yeah. boarding school in Egypt back in her days. Yeah. Um, and I feel like she's self-made, to be honest. I can't necessarily credit anyone, although she does credit her dad and her mom, especially her dad, because he always said education is your weapon. Uh, in life and he was yes. a very big uh, advocate for education especially for his girls he had four girls and oh, a boy yeah. wow yeah. Um, so he was very uh, big on that right. so she's self-made wow she's self-made yeah so all her stories explains the personality that she grew into or being you know in her 20s sitting on the board being an advisor setting up the infrastructure for the telecom and all that's not you know an easy you know ask yeah, from yeah, a young yeah. person yes. with kids because yes. um, she had at least two of us yeah. before my youngest brother was born. Um, so she's self-made. I mean, I had the plus point where I just get to learn all her stories and say, okay, you know, yeah, and I've learned one thing. I can do this. Yeah. And I think one thing I've learned about her is that you need to be your authentic self. And she always said, I really don't care if people like me or not, as long as they respect my decisions. And she was always respected. Maybe not everyone's fan, although I think they all love her today, because yeah. reflecting back on the wise and sound decisions she made, that maybe it's not everyone's uh, cup of tea, yeah. but she was very direct. Yeah. But, you know, but she was charming. Oh, so the that, art of communication. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was saying earlier, the art of yeah. communication, it's how you communicate. So she doesn't necessarily have to snap and scream and cry about things, but she was just like, I don't agree, and that's my final word. You know, wow. um, but she was also well respected because they said that there was a part of her that was very nurturing mm. so that she was mm. intimidating, but also nurturing. 
Wow, yeah. that's quite a balance there. Yeah, right. Yeah. So and you also, while throughout the conversation was going on, you're extremely positive. Like yeah. there wasn't a single question or there wasn't a single th- time mm-hmm. where where you mentioned or you complained about something or anything. What is that you're doing differently that the others are not? Where do you bring all that positivity in you? And where do where do you get all that energy and the motivation from every day? See, that didn't, that didn't just happen. <laughs> We've all gone through our ups and downs. Right. And I think with experience, you realize what, you, what the energy you give out is what you attract. Um, the thoughts you have is also what you attract. Your I beliefs is what, uh, you know. So for me, I have shaped a positive mindset because I've, I've seen how it works to my benefit. Um, of course, there are days when you're like, oh, this is not going to work out. And yeah, it doesn't work out. Yeah. Or you say, I'm okay with whatever happens. And then you're like, oh, it worked out. Yeah. So... I'm quite, uh, I believe to be in the flow mm. um, and things will, will work out as long yeah. as you put the work as well. All right, I'm going to go back to that art of communication. Bit. Yes. <laughs> you know, this. you have to be diplomatic, but you have to be firm. You have to be kind, but you also need to communicate your point. You need 100%. to strike a balance, right? Yeah. So if you just had to tell someone that, hey, you're not doing your job right, how do you say it nicely while not, you know, demotivating them? See, I study people. My communication changes from one person to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are certain people that um, you just need to be straight up with. Mm-hmm. There are others that you need to kind of like massage their ego mm-hmm. as you, yeah, mm-hmm. as you as you get to the point. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them use the old-fashioned, you know, the sandwich feedback way. You say something positive and then you say the negative and whatever. Mm-hmm. Others you're just like after the yeah. positive. Mm-hmm. Um, there are others. I'm just very direct. So I just as it is, as it yeah, is, as it but is. without. You know, without hurting feelings, but you just say things. When people understand, I've had situations where people come in and just get upset about something. And my first question is, is it for your benefit or not? And then they just get. Yeah. I'm like, is it for your good or not? I've had yeah. a, I've had so many situations like, I don't accept this feedback. I'm like, please just explain to me one thing. Is this useful or not? Someone says that you need to develop in this area. Same thing with clients. I've had situations when the negotiations were just unreasonable. Hmm. And I say it's unreasonable. You know, just as, it yeah, as it is, I said, this is unethical pricing. I said, what? This is unethical if I underquote yeah. and it's unethical if I overquote. Right. So if you're saying that I overquoted, it means I'm unethical. And if you're telling me to underquote, then you're unethical. Okay. And it's like, uh, but I've won projects because of those conversations. Because <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, let's trust her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think for me, my, uh, my strength and I think everyone's strength is being authentic. Yeah. We want to work with people we trust. We want to right. talk to people we trust. Right. Right. Has there ever been a deal that always will stay with you that you cracked that deal and you cracked it this way? A that deal. one, the one I just mentioned to you. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I was, um, I walked in and they said, "Look, if you want the job, you need to give us a fifty percent discount." And so I just picked up my bag. It's all psychology, right? So I just yeah. picked up my bag. I said, "Okay, so you know, thanks for inviting me, but you could have said that by email right. or by phone." And right. But Why? I said it very calmly. I wasn't upset. And I didn't. my team were freaking out next to mm. me. They're like, what do you mean you're ending this, yeah. this conversation? Yeah. And then I said, I just have one point to say. Yeah. Is that if I overquoted you, you shouldn't work with me. Because mm. that's unethical. Mm. And if you're asking me to underquote, that's unethical of you. And yeah. I'm not going to give you my best people yeah. for, you know, cutting my cloth that way. How did yeah. they react to that? I just want to know their reaction. They said, oh, no. Well, a couple of guys were in the room. They're like, no, that's not what we're saying. I said, I'm just telling you. Yeah. the way it is yeah. and they said okay think about it we said okay we went back to the office and i told my team just tell them no discount and i said we might lose the job i said i already said no discount mm-hmm. because i want to be remembered for my ethics and not be remembered for winning a deal 
Mm. And a week later, it was awarded to us without any negotiation. And that's when my team's <laughs> mindset changed. Wow. You know, they said, okay. Wow. I said, let's just price things properly so we're okay. It's a win-win whether we win it or lose it. And that's my mindset. Anything we lose, I'm like, ah, it wasn't meant for us. Yeah. And when we win it, I'm like, it was waiting for us. And it helps. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. <laughs> All right, before we close, uh, now, everyone listening to you at the moment, what is that you'd like to tell them? All these young women, or even the CEOs, or the ones who are about to start, or the ones who are already there 15 years, all the women out there, or even the men listening, what's that one message that you'd like to give it to them? Just be authentic. Be authentic. authentic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lovely. Shada, it has been so nice speaking with you. Same all here. the very best for all your programs. Thank you. We have a few calls that we have to make after this episode, I think. We've Absolutely. learned a lot. Absolutely. Yes. But thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much nice for your time. Thank you. It was a very inspirational one. There were so many times when I got those goosebumps and yeah. I was like, talk more. <laughs> to know more about her, to know more about the programs that she's involved in and to support her. All you got to do is just give her a follow on her LinkedIn profile, which is Shata Al Maskari. Well, happy International Women's Day. Thank Let's you. go out and support more All women there. Upward. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening and watching us. This is Unscripted with Antaran Garima. Take care of yourself.